It's lights out and away we go. Verstappen away well as is Leclerc, as is Sainz and Hamilton covers. And we're back to another episode of Formula One. Formula? I mean, Formula One. <laughs> uh, well, also, I guess it is technically another episode of Formula One this weekend. That's right. So. Finally back to another race. Did you know after this there's another three-week break? I feel like they're teasing us. Yeah, these breaks are really kind of throwing me off because yeah. I was, you know, the off-season, you're you're kind of just, just waiting for the season to kick back up. Then you get to the season, and it's like mm -hmm. these two-week breaks between yeah. races. It's like, what the heck? Like we, and then we had, like, we had testing, and then the following week right after was the first race. And then it was, now we just keep getting these It's like, yeah, multi-week breaks. teasers and... <sighs> After that, though, is there? It's consistent, right? Every weekend until summer break. It's gotta be. Let me check. Because um, yeah, we do have a big break between Australia. All right, let's see. And the next race. Yeah, so we have Australia, and then we have a long break before ba Baku, and then that is on the 30th of april and then the next race is miami's on may 7th mm. so that's still a, is that a break no may 7th when's the one 30th april 30th may 7th no no break no break yeah um and then imola may 21st we have three races in may okay and then three races in june three four races in july and then summer break okay so after we have we have australia and then we have another break to get through and then we're pretty and then it's consistent yeah. yeah um but in terms of news since we last spoke the formula one official expedition exhibition opened in madrid this past week which is pretty cool there's some interesting stuff all throughout the display it kind of walks through like formula one then and now and it has things like different helmets and walks through how those have evolved it has a great display of all the world champions um, most notably it has roman grosjean's car from his 2020 crash in bahrain that is cool it's crazy too to look at it i mean it's obviously completely burnt up but it's wild that it's you can still like it still has the halo oh my gosh and yeah i wonder if they preserved it with anything like if it's like coated with a they must have it's also i mean it, it it's surprising that they have it to me a little bit like it must have been the fia or someone was like hey we're gonna want to keep this yeah or the team would have been like yeah we're gonna keep this for a little bit yeah i don't know I feel like no normally when there's crashes, like they rebuild the car, and then I would assume they just scrap anything that's not salvageable. But totally. with this, clearly someone had the. It wasn't that long ago, but I mean, it was. It, it's been sitting around for three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone had the the forethought to be like, "Hey, we're gonna want to put this on display one day." I mean, it is pretty cool mm -hmm. to have it on display, right? Yeah. Um, now, is this exhibition permanent or what? What is the deal? Is I it like a permanent. museum, permanent museum? Yeah, world's first Formula One exhibition in Madrid. Okay. So, ribbon cutting ahead of doors uh, being open to public. Yeah, it sounds like it's it's permanent. That's cool. 
Carlos went and saw it before he left for Australia. We may have to take a uh, Famula One trip. Famula One on the road. On the road. We could to go, Madrid. We could go there and then go to the race in Spain. Gosh, I love Spain. I've never been. Oh, really? Yeah. I've been Let's to Barcelona, go. Toledo, Madrid. You've been all over? Yeah. <laughs> You're a pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah, that, that does sound, sound like a lot of fun. In other news, um, some possible new teams in the mix. Yeah. Uh, Formula Equal, where uh, it would be a 50% male, 50% female F1 team. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, formed by a former F1 exec, right? Mm-hmm. Or initiated. Um, so cool opportunity there. Um, we'll see if it, it gets steam, but it seems like a lot of people are supporting it and yeah, I mean, it, it came sort of out of nowhere. Like, um, I hadn't heard anything about it till uh, our dad, or my dad, not your dad, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your father-in-law. Yes, yeah. Uh, but my dad sent a text about it this morning, and I had, hadn't heard anything of, about it since, like, be- before that. Totally. But it is catching up steam. Like, a lot of people have been talking about it Yeah, I feel today. like this has been an F1 initiative for a while with, mm-hmm. the, like, that... Um, what is it? The training? F1 Academy. F1 Academy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, who knows? They could throw in a female driver in the mix. A yeah. Engineers. I mean, it's... It I, I kind of really wonder cool. what the split is right now with teams. Um, I'm sure we can find that data at least somewhat. I, I believe it's going to be... Uh, disappointing but not surprising is mm. <laughs> my guess. Um, but this is this is exciting. It's been an initiative for for a while from Formula One, um, and also the note on Craig Pollock is the person who's kind of spearheading this. He's the founder and CEO um, of the former team British American Racing, which is now Mercedes. It has become Mercedes over the years. Um, but yeah, it would be really exciting. We will see if they pick up steam. There's a lot of talk, obviously, about the cost to enter Formula One these days. Um, so it's about getting funding and totally and finding the right team, right? Drivers, the right partnerships, uh, employees, everything. Totally, so. it is it is a, a heavy lift. One that Porsche has not been able to nail down. Now, just as a reminder, they were trying to do a partnership with Red Bull. Red Bull was concerned that they would lose control of the team Mm -hmm. um, in that partnership. There was rumors that Porsche was going to pursue Williams, for example, Mm -hmm. in in a partnership. That turned out not to be true. Another crazy circumstance was a Porsche McLaren partnership was in the mix, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't for McLaren's F1 team. It was with McLaren's uh, motorsports side Mm -hmm. of the company, um, which I guess is the sister organization to McLaren F1. Um, And that's more of, uh, I think it would be to build a, a, a racing car for things like endurance racing and stuff. No, I think it would actually just be to build an SUV. Oh. <laughs> a partnership between Porsche and McLaren. Oh. Which would be, interesting. be crazy. But um, so, yeah. So, yeah. but that seems like it fell through the cracks. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, it looks like uh, 
for now. And sounds like Porsche's putting their F1 bid on the, mm. the back burner, putting it on ice, as they on say. On ice, yeah. I, I feel like it's it's not, the door's not closed. It's just not open right now. Yeah, um, yeah. So we won't see them at least before 2026, unless something crazy no, changes. No, definitely not between 20, before 2026. Yeah. I think it would be either at 2026 or after. Mm -hmm. Now, I think one of the big elements here is uh, the vice president of motorsports, Fritz Enzinger. Uh, he retired, mm -hmm. and he was the big push behind Porsche entering in the Formula One arena. Space, yeah. uh, and since he retired, it seems like those ambitions have kind of dwindled down a little yeah. bit. So, unfortunately... Uh, my uh, my hopeful <laughs> Porsche future team. Mercedes uh, has a fan for at least a few more years. Yes, <laughs> hey, I, I will still love Porsche or Mercedes. Uh, you know, yeah, got I a mean, soft spot there, but Porsche would be sick. It'll it, it is like the the financial lift to enter Formula One is really high, so there has to be like that that passion or that fire, especially for a. a company like Porsche who are they're already involved in other racing series totally and they'll so. they'll continue they're really involved in Formula E mm -hmm. um, and they're actually really competitive on on the, in that space which leads me to think that they've got plenty of resources to enter into F1 mm -hmm. I think it may just be that it's tough to partner with the team mm -hmm. it's tough to find that partnership Audi was able to to weasel its way in and get a mm -hmm. partnership uh, you know, unless they expand the grid to 11, 12. I mean, we still have um, Cadillac and Andretti <sighs> hoping to make. I mean, and then this Formula Equal, who knows, like, yeah. what teams will enter in and how big the grid will be. So right. I think that's something that's discouraged Porsche from yeah. pushing yeah. for it. So Yeah, and I mean, speaking of possible team changes. I know there were rumors about, we talked about rumors of AlphaTauri possibly being sold. Helmut Marco, which, I mean, I take everything he says with a grain of salt, but he's basically said it's not really that they're selling, they're looking at a possible rebrand of the team, just changing the name, but not looking at selling the team at the moment. So yeah. Yeah. Red Bull will continue to take up two slots. But in other news with uh, our friends at McLaren, yeah, they are uh, having some staff uh, changes. Shaking things up. They are, the, they, they are switching it up, I'll tell Ferrari you The Ferrari treatment that yeah. uh, Fred Vasseur gave a few weeks back. But That's right. Uh, big news over with them is that their current executive technical director, James Key, will be leaving the team. Um, not only that, but in his departure they are choosing to now separate basically his department and his role into three separate departments so rather than just him it will now be um peter pomodoro will be in charge of aerodynamics david sanchez will handle the car concept and neil holdy will be the technical director of engineering and design so I think this is a terrible idea. <laughs> I've got a hot take. I think it's an incredible idea. Honestly, you're just removing one layer of translation. Mm -hmm. So all these three executives, right, are now going to be reporting to the principal. Yeah, they'll right? report directly to Andreas Stella, team principal. Okay. Yeah. 
and the principal should be making all the significant decisions, mm -hmm. right, regarding the team, wouldn't you say? Yep. So honestly, these three specialists will be reporting to the principal and the principal can just make the determination mm -hmm. taking those three insights rather than having those three insights funnel through one person then to the principal. I think it just removes a layer. Yeah. I One, I'm not sure of Andrea Silla's background, so I don't know if he has the technical knowledge to be that final layer. Fair. Um, That's fair. And my thought is before it even gets there, there's not one final person on the technical side that's making calls. There are now three people that are making calls. So, you know, if I'm a mid-level employee in the aerodynamics department and I pitch like this new crazy side pod concept and Peter Pomodoro is like, yeah, great idea, approved. And then turns, we, you know, they weeks later after we've started planning on this and building it and testing it in the wind tunnel, then, oh, Neil Holdy with engineering and design and his team is like, wait, 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 we're not building that. Yeah, but they're not, not going to do anything. The they're not going to, one is not going to approve anything unless all three of them have come to an agreement. They'll not plan to, but I mean, how perfect is their comm structure? Yeah, but that could have happened with one person there or not. That one. Yeah, I mean, but decisions, it's. Like their levels now, they're all executive director of their departments. Totally. Versus executive technical director, one guy. I I just I I feel like it gives it's giving me too many cooks in the kitchen vibes. Mm. I but know. I also hate McLaren, so I'm just. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they need it, right? They need a a, need a shake up. A so. I think they need to fire Zach Brown. You know. Anyway. Could be, could be the. The solution, but it seems like they're taking steps now. Yeah. You know, and you know, I I can't say anything about you know a major shakeup midseason because that's Ferrari's favorite thing to do. So, yeah. uh, welcome to the club, McLaren fans. That's right. Um, that's right. But so no race to recap this week. But there is something that we that came out a few weeks ago that we have not recapped yet. Drive to Survive Season 5. That's right. So this season was interesting in the way that they chose, what they chose to include and what they chose not to include. I think I'll start there. Um, meaning off the top of my head, what they chose to include was um, Joe's crash at Silverstone about 700,000 times in almost every episode. Yeah. <laughs> And I understand that was a very eventful race. My favorite race of the season, Carlos won. Yeah, there you um, go. And, but the craziest part is they, they're showing Joe's crash. They talk about him and how he is once. They have like one two second thing where like Joe walks in and sits down and everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's okay. Yeah. Most of it's about like, they have this whole thing with obviously Ferrari and their strategy. Carlos ending up winning that race and how that race restart really affected it because Max beat him into turn one and then on the restart Carlos got it because he's the best. Um, then they go back to Silverstone when they're talking about Mercedes because at that point 
Lewis and George thought they were going to, one of them was going to win that race. And then mm-hmm. obviously George DNF'd at turn one. They go back to it for like one or two other episodes too. And it's just, I, the craziest part to that of bringing up Silverstone a hundred thousand times is they do not bring up Brazil at all. Yeah. Which it, and I can't remember, I'm like, like forgetting how they did it on previous seasons, but it felt like this season they jumped around so much. Yeah. And I, I, I was actually thinking, I was like, do I need to go back and watch? Because I know for like the COVID seasons, they would do one team per episode because of just like, yes, that's yeah, all they, yeah. they could only film with one team per race. Yeah. But I don't feel like they did this so jumpy in previous seasons. No, it, it felt like it went through the season. Yeah. Like by race or, At you least know, somewhat. Yeah, somewhat sections of the season, right? Yeah. This one felt like it was... Which I totally get. They're trying to like paint this narrative throughout the whole season, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like they accomplished that. No. Well, it's also just odd because then like they started, it seems like doing that. Like the first episode is about how Ferrari is suddenly on top and Red Bull had that terrible double DNF and Haas's car is looking strong at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Second episode is the iconic exchange of Toto and Christian where it's like, if you have a problem, change your effing car. Yes, like yeah. that's all at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden changes. Like Matter of Principle, which is the third episode, is where they talk about um, Carlos winning his first race. That's Silverstone. Yeah. But then it's like, after that, it feels like it just goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It's like they, like, just pulled a bunch of topics out of a hat and we're like okay we're gonna make episodes on principles we're gonna make episodes on mick yeah you know and then they like went back and were like okay what footage can we pull from the season that fits that fits that topic yeah because then like yeah so you like you mentioned mick there's a whole episode about mick not performing but like it doesn't it, it jumps around at different races it's very confusing because at one point they're like Gunther's like he's crashing every race and then the next like 30 seconds after that he's complaining that he's driving too slow and it's like so what's the issue here the episode after that was supposed to be um oscar piastri chaos and it was just all about otmar who's the team principal of alpine and his it wasn't even really about that it was about like Otmar coming to the team and like what he wants to do with Alpine. Yeah. And then it had like, it just was sort of a blip. It was as soon as Fernand- they, they talk briefly about Fernando moving to Aston. And then you see Otmar announcing that Oscar. Which was a big be- move. Yeah. They also barely mentioned Seb retiring. Which is crazy. You'd Which- think, honestly, he needs his own episode. Yeah barely mentioned Seb at all. It's crazy. It just didn't flow. I don't know if... I mean, it wasn't a different producer, right? It was the same producer. No, same same team. Um, I, 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 don't, I wonder if they were just trying to do something differently. I do also... I, I noticed there was a lot less of the, like, created drama of, like, they didn't try to create rivals. Totally. Really. Totally. I, and I would assume that that's probably feedback they've received from the drivers 
Yeah. Um, I mean, this season is a consequential consequential season for mm -hmm. Drive to Survive, right? Because yeah. the previous ones brought this whole fan base. Now it's like keeping this fan base, nurturing it, growing it. It's not like where you can like kind of take risks. Yeah. Like they could. Now they're like, okay, we've got this yeah. base now that we've got to kind of support. And if they're saying these one things, then we yeah. got to keep those things out. And it's also, you know, if the the fans that are coming in through this show have tend to have these, uh, you know, opinions or act a certain way or, you know, are mean or toxic or whatever, then that does, I guess, at the end of the day, in the eyes of Formula One and the FIA, fall on these producers. Totally. And how they edit the show. Totally. Um, but it it felt almost like the more we talk about it, it feels almost like they had a show in place and then got that feedback and mm. then had to like completely change it. Like pull it back, yeah. Because how do you miss, even if you wanted to, for whatever reason, leave out what happened between Checo and Max in Brazil, how do you leave out K-Mag's poll? How do you leave out George Russell winning his first race? Yeah. How do you leave out the Alpine drama with all of the other stuff that you talked about with Alpine? Because that was the race where Esteban and Fernando were fighting and they were getting yelled at by the race engineers. Yeah, yeah. The, I, don't I don't know. It. I didn't love it. It also just really, like, it jumps to then episode eight, which is not towards the end of the season. It, it's mid-season going through, like, Checo winning in Monaco, and then all of a sudden episode eight is now Pierre Gasly has been announced that he's moving to Alpine, and it's about, like, how him and Yuki feel about it, which makes no sense. No. I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking on this one. Yeah. And I, I did see um, an analysis online because I was very upset about the lack of Seb. Um, and it, they did make a valid point that I think a lot of newer fans don't really want to watch Seb. They're there for like the younger, newer drivers. That's fair. Which I guess makes sense. They're wrong. Yeah. And how are they going to learn about Seb if he's not on the show? I know. Come on. I hope someone does like a special of Seb, you know, like yeah. a kind of like a history deal. I'm sure there's something in the works. Yeah, like his story and that would actually be a really cool concept of a series of like F1 icons mm -hmm. and going through their story footage, interviewing yeah. them if they're still alive, obviously. Yeah. But. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, because they all have like these these unique stories of getting into racing, and a lot of them is from their dads, but not all of them. Yeah, honestly, that would be that would get a lot of uh, attraction. I feel like from these newer fans that yeah. want to learn more about Formula One, and they the... want to know who these people are that are constantly mentioned. Totally, totally. Like, you know even if like Seb's not on this in this series much at all but he's mentioned all the time even now that he's retired yeah if yeah. you're a fan that just started you just watched season five you're probably like who is Seb Who's and Seb? why is everyone like yeah. yeah yeah crying that he's not here yeah exactly exactly yeah like you you, you gotta know Seb so someone should get on that 
Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. There is a rumor. I don't know if it's true or if it's a rumor, but I heard something about a series about Senna on Netflix. Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a, what is it, biopic style? Or like, like, like The Crown, you know, where it's like, it's not documentary. Oh, it's like a drama. Yeah. So it'll Oh, be like, there is one, I remember? Think... Wait, I thought there was one. Is Brad Pitt, happen? remember? He was like... Yeah, that's the movie, though. I think this is a series oh, coming out on Netflix. Okay. That's cool. And then... Don't quote me on it, though. Lewis I'm... was doing a series, too. He's doing a movie with Brad Pitt where it's like this older guy returns to Formula One. We've talked about this, right? Yes, it's, yeah, yeah. We, it's sort of Fernando Alonso yes, story, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's this older guy comes back to the grid. And will be set at and some will point. And he will be back. <laughs> Over my dead body, was that his last Formula One race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and other news, what we didn't mention, um, our old friend, bestie, Kimi Raikkonen, um, raced for NASCAR at COTA this yeah. week, and along with Jensen Button. Oh, Jensen Button won, didn't he? I don't think so. Oh no, or maybe so. it was just maybe the news I saw was just that it was his first race. Yeah, Kimmy was in the top five for a bit, but got some penalties and ended up like twenty nine. Oh no. <laughs> um, and Jensen, I don't, I don't think he did terribly, but I think he might have finished something like nineteenth. Okay. And he was, he was just talking about how it was, it was pretty hard, and he was taught also like just how different it is because he was they hit each other in in NASCAR and yeah he was saying like how wild that was okay to get used to. I don't believe he won no I don't I must have misread it but yeah so Jensen Jensen Button oh um, yeah it just says his first NASCAR race yeah he was what 2009 world champion I believe maybe Gosh. a little later I uh, cannot remember. And Kimmy was world champion 2006 and 2007. He was Ferrari's most recent world champion. And we love him. He said 40% of it felt, kind of felt a bit silly. <laughs> That's what he was, I read that article because he was saying it felt silly when they were hitting each other. I was like, well, Jensen, this is like part of it. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a British thing to say. Yeah. Felt also, silly. That also, felt a bit silly. It also comes across, and I know he probably didn't, he didn't mean it like that, but it's like it comes across as such like, I'm the fancy British guy from yeah. Formula yeah. One. And I'm in NASCAR now. And now I'm in NASCAR and it felt silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah, but. It was good to see some old friends back on the track. I love that Kimmy races in NASCAR now. Yeah. We'll see if Jensen continues. I mean, 40% of it felt silly, so we'll see if he wants to come back. So, who knows? He is doing the um, Le Mans Le Mans, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. That's a pretty cool race. That's a crazy race. We should go to that. (laughs) That is a long race. (laughs) 24 hours. Crazy. Um, but yeah, I think I think we've we've now hit all the news. That was there was so much news that I I know I kept in the. This is why I have to take notes. That's right. Because I see these articles and then I'm like, we should talk about it, and then I forget. And uh, DTS. Yeah. Overview and talk I, through and. And yeah, I guess final comments there. Not super. I I think. I might have come in with too high of expectations for this season, but I'm not. I'm not overly impressed. I mean, we all fell in love with Drive to Survive over the first few mm-hmm. seasons, and then this one just 
didn't impress. But, yeah. you know, who knows? I Did they re-up it for this next season? I'm sure they did. I'm sure. But who knows? Speaking of this season, we have Australia this weekend. Woohoo! It's going to be... Are you going to be up to watch it, Alex? No, I'm not. <laughs> Isn't it like a 2 a.m. race? It's at 1 a.m. Yeah, I, I'll pass on that one. On a Sunday, too? Well, or is it Saturday, Saturday night, okay. technically. We'll set Sunday morning. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'm going to be doing it. James going to do it. She's she's going to gonna watch it it's gonna be weird not seeing Danny on the track but no but he'll be he'll he'll be there he'll be there that'll be his first race that he'll yes. be at which is like kind of crazy to me but I'm so excited you know what I just thought about remember how Wolf said that he wasn't gonna be at every race mm-hmm. it, I wonder if he's is that actually gonna happen I wonder if once they figure out what's going on with the car he'll start doing that. Oh, I feel like he probably kind of needs to be there right now yeah yeah I don't know. If they keep performing the way that they are, I don't think he's going to be missing any races. Yeah, no. So. I, don't, I, don't think he, I don't think virtual work really works out when you're, like, underperforming. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, it's like anything else. When you're a high performer, you get a little bit more leeway. Yes, exactly. So race predictions? Race prediction time. All right. I will. I'm, gonna, I'm sad to say this, and I, Alex and I were talking about it before we put this episode together but we both had the same thought so we have to put this as a prediction we believe that oscar might dnf i know which is so sad first his home race race. but it's just with how they've been going yeah you know not him not him necessarily but the car i mean he had a great quality in in saudi he made it to q3 but that car that car but not the best um to prove us wrong, Oscar, we are, contrary to what we just said, we are rooting for you. We yeah. want you to do well at your yes. first home race. Yeah. We don't want Zach Brown to do well, though, which is quite the dichotomy. Um, but, yeah, first race prediction is going to be an Oscar Piastri DNF. Sad. Sad. Yeah. Second one is going to be, I guess, the 1-2-3 lineup. Yeah, our podium prediction. Yeah. Max... Typical, yeah. Which is classic. Alonzo, number two. Yeah, I think he's going to start escalating. I will say there is a little bit of a superstition. Every single Formula One driver who has hit 100 podiums won on their 101st podium. Oh, wow. That would be awesome. That An Alonzo win would be crazy. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I... I, we are happen? predicting an Alonzo P2. I don't think, barring Max's car breaking again, anybody can beat him. No, no. But. No. In P3. P3, curveball here. Russell. Yeah, my enemy. Your enemy. We'll yeah. see if Mercedes can, can do it. Yeah, we'll see. That means George has to get past Checo and Lance Stroll. So we'll see. Yes, yeah. And any Ferraris in contention. But. Ferrari hasn't really seemed in contention <laughs> recently. So. Yeah. Oh, so we'll see know, about that. Just laughing through the pain. It's yes, okay. yeah. Um, and then our last, not tr- really a race prediction, but more just a, a Grand Prix weekend prediction. It's going to be the Danny takeover. Come on, the Danny show. We're hoping yeah. to see merch. We're hoping to see the cutouts, the, the yes, face cutouts. Face. 
We want, I want to be in my apartment at 2.30 in the morning watching the race and I want to look up in the crowd and just see Danny everywhere. So do you think, this is actually a good question. Now that Danny's been on a few different teams, will they be wearing Red Bull gear or will they be wearing McLaren Danny merch? I think... Like, will they, will it be a sea of orange? I think it will be a sea of mishmash because I think a good amount of people also will be wearing his line of merch, which he has oh, all those different connection, collections. That's fair. That's fair. I think people that bought merch from McLaren or even Renault when he was driving for them. Yeah. I don't see why you can't wear that. No. I mean, you're cheering has, for the guy, you know? Yeah, it's Danny merch. So, yeah. And then I think a lot of people will have Red Bull merch on that will be rooting for Danny. But in the past, right, we've seen like this almost sea of orange. Yeah, like Max for... at his home races and yes, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it'll be, I don't think it'll be a kind of like a sea of anything because mm. he has, a, a lot of people will show their support in different ways. Fair enough. Him. But it'll be exciting nonetheless. Yeah. We can't wait to see him. Australia. I'm so excited to see him. Danny. There was a, it was a formula... Was it a champion or just driver? He said that Danny would never race again. Yeah, that multiple, a few of them have said that. I don't forget. Was it Damon Hill? I can't remember. Someone that, was saying that he's done. Yeah, and but I he's was done. like, "You shut up!" I know what the <laughs> heck. We can. We do not want that to happen. But no, I think it is far too early to start speculating about seats next year. Totally. Um. So we will not start doing that because. I'm going to continue living in the delusion that he's going to be back. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We'll see. Well, hopefully, we need. Uh, what's Danny doing? Segment back. Yeah, but he yeah. hasn't been doing enough for us to do the segment. But no. we'll get to have one next week. That's right. That's right. We'll catch you next week for oh. a recap of the Australia Grand Prix. Yeah, and a what's Danny doing first That's of the right. year? We'll see you then. See ya. Bye.